free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at Le Banks St. Samson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. love that, the awesomeness of that. Just felt just earlier, the Lord just just wanted me just to say to this morning, tell you this morning that just to see, just for us, he wants us to have a revelation today, how awesome he is. There's something about recognizing the awesomeness of God that just causes all kinds of things just to disappear when we see how great, how awesome he is. And when we lose sense of, uh, of his awesomeness, then we, we tend to not have the faith and the trust in him that he desires us to have. And I just love how those songs came together. But I'm desperate for him, but he's all that I need. When you recognize he's all that you need, then you get desperate for him. If you think there's other things that you need as well, then we're never going to have the desperation for him that he yearns for. He wants us to be as desperate for him as we're desperate for the air that we breathe. And there's something about the heart, the spirit of desperation that brings him into your situation, to your circumstance. This recognizing, Lord, I need you. Really, in essence, there's nothing else we need. We need him. And once we have him, we have everything that we need. And out of that comes a desperation for more and more of him. So when you say to him today, Lord, I need you so much. Why don't you just tell him, and he's in your heart right now, lift up to the Lord. Tell him that you need him so much. You can't do it without him. You can't make it without him. You need him as much as you need the air that you breathe. And say, Lord, today I'm just desperate for more of you. And I just believe with all my heart this morning, when we're desperate for him, that God will invade your life this morning. He invades the vacuum of desperation. He invades the heart that just yearns and longs for more of him. If we're content with what we have, then we'll never have any more. Instead of the desperate cry, the desperate heart, the desperate need for God to invade your situation. Now, if you're in a place of desperation this morning, that's a great place to be. There's no other solution to your problem. That's a great place to be. So God comes this morning and says, I'm the solution. I'm the answer. I've got the power that you need. I've got the ability that you need. I've got the wisdom that you need. All that you need is within me. Is Yahweh, the I am God, the God who's more, who's the answer to every situation, is the I am for what you need. You just fill in the blank. You need healing, he is your healer, I am the healer. You need provision, I says I am the one that provides. He's the I am God, the Yahweh God, the I am for every situation you're in today. Come on, let's just worship just for the last few months. Say, Lord, I just need you so much. You know, worship comes out of that desperation of heart. The more we need him, the more we worship him. The more we adore him. Fill this place today, God, I pray, with a spirit of adoration today. Fill our hearts with desperation. Lord, we want to recognize that we need you so much. Lord, we cannot make it without you. We haven't enough ability. We haven't enough wisdom. We haven't enough power. We need you so much, Lord. That's the heart of our cry, Lord. We need you. And we need you so much. Oh, Lord, today, let that be our desperate cry, we pray.
in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. We can just turn around and say hello to someone this morning. Good to see Sid back with us. Good to see you, Sid. We love you. Appreciate you. It's great to see you back. Amen. So let's turn around and say hello to someone today. Can you switch that off? Yeah, yeah. I don't know why it's on. I don't know if you switch on. Amen. We're just bringing the notice to you that, uh, today. Uh, just to say that uh, tonight there's the uh, Canon Andrew White at the Coat Hills at 6 o'clock. Uh, just to say, if you're able to help us, uh, I do, we just need a couple of people just to help just to do the doors. If you, if you can get there about 5.13, you can help us with the doors. That would be amazing. So if you're able to do that, and please see me afterwards. We just really desperately need people just to be, be greeters just on the door. So that's... Tonight, so Andrew White tonight at six o'clock at the Vazon Church at the, at the Coat Hills. Sorry, Coat Hills. Don't go Vazon. I mean, no one there. Go to Coat Hills. It's Coat Hills. It's Coat Hills. Coat Hills. Coat Hills. Six o'clock. Okay, come back, Andrew. You're forgiven. Uh, six o'clock. Uh, okay. So if you got that, if you can help, we set up from three o'clock. See Mike as well. That'd be fantastic. We just need every hand on deck if possible tonight. That'd be really good. Thank you. Uh, also, just to say that uh, prayer meeting, uh, sorry, prayer meeting uh, Wednesday, 8 o'clock. Uh, so if you're able to come and pray, please join us for prayer Wednesday, 8 o'clock here at the church. Uh, just to say that next Sunday is a dedication of uh, Jolisa, that's uh, uh, Teke and Jehel's daughter. So that's next Sunday we're doing a dedication for them, which would be lovely. So uh, that would be fantastic. You pray for them for that. Uh, uh, just to say also... Uh, May the 5th, 7.30, Spurgeons. Uh, Spurgeons, are, uh, there's a meeting there for all those who are interested in, uh, you all know about this, uh, assisted dying. Uh, so there's a, a meeting, Christian meeting, on uh, Wednesday, 5th of May, 7.30, at Spurgeons, just to inform people, to show people how you get involved in that. So that's May the 5th, Spurgeons Church. Okay? Just before I was... Um, the Lord showed me a picture and the picture was um, I died and gone to heaven and my family were there and I couldn't see the Lord and I, I shouted out Lord where are you where are you and I could see him smiling and I won't help you Amen. Lord we, we just thank you for what you've revealed to still right now Lord thank you that we sense Lord your hand on him right now thank you your spirit is mightily upon him we sense that Lord I pray, Lord, more and more, more and more upon him, Lord. Thank you for what you've done in his life, Lord. We thank you for him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, we're just going to... Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. okay yeah. Let me just uh, share a scripture. If you've got uh, your Bibles with you, I'm going to read again. I keep, I keep pinching this, the passion. I haven't got shares in it, but... I, I do recommend if you're able to get a copy, then I, I just recommend you get a copy of that. Uh, but I want to read. I want to read from it from Proverbs 22. Uh, Proverbs 22. The trouble is the verses are so small I can't see the verses. 
I think it's verse 9, okay? I think it's verse 9. Uh, thank you, Marilyn. <laughs> Do you think it's our age? <laughs> I hope they look all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> thank you, Marilyn. <laughs> Uh, when you are generous to the poor, you are enriched with blessings in return. I couldn't get that out of the way quickly. Oh dear, I've lost it now. <laughs> I don't know if you know that, that verse there where it says generous. I love the translation in the Hebrew. It says actually, it means to have a bountiful eye. I like that. To have a bountiful eye. Uh, I kind of love looking at some of the Hebrew meetings. I think we miss a lot in the scriptures without really grasping some of the Hebrew meanings. And some of the Hebrew meanings just enrich it so much. And, and that word there for generous means to have a bountiful eye. And I was thinking, how amazing is that, that God wants us to have a bountiful eye? bountiful eye is someone uh, that sees a need and, has the, and wants to kind of reach out and touch it. He's a bountiful. He's looking to, to reach need. He's looking for a situation. He's looking for an opportunity to be blessed. Isn't that awesome? It's not something we're kind of forced into or dragged into, but there's something in the heart that says, you know, I want to be a blessing. I want to give. I want to bless that person. And, and my eye is looking to see their needs and to reach out and meet it. Isn't that lovely? And God says that as we do that, as we have that bountiful eye, particularly to those in need, to the poor, to those in need, then I love this fact that we become enriched with blessing in return. It doesn't necessarily mean that we kind of you know, you give £10, you get £10 back. But in various ways, blessing comes. There's an enrichment. That's why Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. How many would found that, that when you really give and you bless someone, you feel good, how many feel good about that? You know, I don't, I've never met anybody yet who's, who's sought to bless someone. Come on, I think, I feel, I feel really miserable when I bless somebody. You know, nobody feels miserable. Something in you says, yeah, well, that's awesome, I love that. So something rises up in you when you do that because we were created for that. And when you fulfill the point of your creation, then it comes back to you in some way. So we're going to take our tithes and offerings now. I think we've got to get on the keyboard or we'll just serenade us as we, as we take the offering. Okay, thank you. Beautiful, actually. Man, I felt the anointing there. It was beautiful. Okay, Matthew 25. Matthew 25. And now, I've called this Scarecrow. You're going to wonder, why on earth is he called Scarecrow? I'll explain as we go on. It's all right. It won't appear obvious to begin with, but as we 
kind of go on it, I will just sort of show what I mean by that. I want to talk about an amazing parable that Jesus taught. And you're going to, we're going to read it from Matthew 25 and verse 14. This is a powerful, incredible, I think a real powerful parable. This I find a great challenge for my own life. But Matthew 25 and verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man travelling in a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more. But he who also received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Lord, I have gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you've delivered me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you've not sown, gathering where you had not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look there, you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. You ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own interest. Therefore take the talent from him and give it to him with the ten talents for to everyone who has more for everyone who has more will be given and he will have abundance but from him who does not have even what he has will be taken away and cast away the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth powerful parable how many think that and the ministry of Jesus really was all about kind of proclaiming the kingdom And the one thing that was central to Jesus was the kingdom of God. It's almost the kingdom of heaven coming to earth as it was intended to come. And everywhere Jesus went, he he demonstrated the kingdom. He, He demonstrated what the kingdom was all about through his preaching, through healing, through casting out of devils. He demonstrated the power of the kingdom. That's what he's all about. That was his, his central message. He declared the power, the good news of the kingdom. And really, as you read this parable, this parable, it really comes from a question. This is the question they asked. They asked about the kingdom. They asked about the kingdom coming. And Jesus uses this parable to show something of the kingdom and how the kingdom comes and how the kingdom operates. And here's what you want to see, really, when you think about it. We often kind of, kind of separate our gifts, our talents, our abilities from kingdom. But actually, according to this parable, the way we use our gifts and our talents and our abilities actually 
brings the kingdom. It enforces the kingdom. Every time you use a gift or ability and a talent God has given you, you are releasing something of the kingdom. Isn't that powerful? So just as the kingdom of God comes, when people use their talents and their gifts and their abilities, something of the kingdom is released. Now if we take the opposite, then we must say this, that Jesus talked about actually what happens when people don't use their gifts and their talents, that means kingdom manifestation is hindered. So when you and I don't use the gifts and the talents and the abilities that God has poured into us, something of the kingdom is hindered. Something of the kingdom invading and touching and ministering is limited because we don't use our gifts and our talents. That's what really this parable is about. It's about people using their gifts and talents to release the kingdom. Those who don't use it hinder the kingdom. How many believe that's a powerful truth? I would actually guarantee this morning that every single person in this room you got saved because somehow, someway, somebody used their talent. You think about it. You know how I got saved? It was because some teacher gave me a lift to a crusade. She used her talent, if you like, and her resources to take me to a crusade. And in that crusade, I heard the gospel message, and the gospel message, I was saved. Billy Graham, there's a good one, Billy Graham. Somebody used their talent because he went to a meeting and he couldn't get in the meeting. But somebody used their talent to actually find a seat for him so he was able to stay at the meeting. In that meeting he got saved. You think of how that's impacted the kingdom through that very decision. So what I'm saying today, in various ways, every time we use our kingdom resources and our kingdom talents and our kingdom abilities, something incredible begins to break forth. Can you say amen? I think this. I think every single person has potential. How do you believe that? I think God distributes gifts and abilities. They may not all be the same, and some may receive more than others, but everybody has a gift, everybody has a talent. And we're told here that they gave the, uh, that the talents were given according to their capabilities. Everybody has the capability of something and the capability of what we have is meant to grow and deepen and increase in us. We all have capacity. We have emotional capacity. We have financial capacity. God has given resources, abilities, giftings. We all have something we can do well. Do you realise that? Some people are amazing at business. Some people, like me, are amazing at cooking. (laughs) Some people have this kind of a real warm personality and people are kind of drawn to them. By the way, that wasn't true. Uh, You know, we all have assets that we need to discover. And all the potential that God has poured into you is there for kingdom purpose. Let me just define what potential is. Potential is, is dormant ability. It's reserved power. Untapped strength, hidden talents, capabilities. In other words, all that you can be, but not yet become. All that you can do, but you've not yet done. All that you can reach, but you've not yet reached. All that you can accomplish, but you've not yet accomplished. And the real great tragedy, really, is when people have all kinds of gifts, talents and abilities, and they're never really used, never really released for kingdom purpose. 
You, people may even use them, but they don't use them for kingdom purpose. And if it's not used for kingdom purpose, then really, in essence, it's not being used. Don't you see that? Someone said this, and it kind of struck me. I think it was Tommy Barnett many, many years ago, and I think I've even shared it here. It's such a powerful statement. He says, you know what? He says, you know what, where the richest parts of the world are? He says, you know what? It's not the diamond mines in South Africa. It's not the gold mines. It's not the oil fields. He says, the richest places on the face of the earth are the graveyards. And you think, where can that be? He says, in those graveyards are books have never been written. Songs have never been recorded. All kinds of abilities and talents have never been released lie there in the graveyard. Isn't that powerful? And I think that is true. That there's all kinds of gifts and abilities that often lay dormant in people's lives and are never fully released. And so the kingdom is limited and hindered because God gave everybody talents and gifts and potential so that his kingdom purpose could be fulfilled on the earth. Can you say amen? And part of fulfilling kingdom purpose is saying, I think even the word came from this this morning, God, I give to you my abilities, my strengths, I give to you all of my resources, my talents, all that I have is yours. And I want to release it to make maximum difference on this earth. To release the kingdom of God with all that you've given to me. Actually, I think living your life, actually, is living your life to the point you squeeze out Every bit of ability that God's put in you. That's what it's about. It's about living your life in the sense, that's the fullness of life. That you've, you squeeze out everything God has poured into your life. Now, what's the scarecrow all about? I think you're wondering that. I think it was a few years ago. A few years ago, uh, we went to visit Amy, my daughter. And we stopped at that point, before they moved to the other house, they didn't have room, but, we, but before they moved to the anyway, before this house, we actually stopped in a bed and breakfast in Cambridge. And it's a very interesting place because the guy there, he was, a, actually, BBC, he was actually an ex-BBC producer. He was the, first, he was the, he was the producer of, of Breakfast Time. The first, and he was the first ever Breakfast Time producer. Really interesting guy. Gave you lots of all kind of background, all the political things, which, is really, which I love. I love that kind of intrigue and all that was going on politically. He was able to share some of the stories behind the scenes, which was amazing. And he was very interested in the Christian faith and we were able to share with him and talk to him a lot about the things of God, which is wonderful. But he told us, I said, I want you to go to some, some great walks. And he told us these walks. While I was on this walk, I noticed scarecrows in the field. And I, it was like these, it was a lot of allotments. You know, allotments, all these allotments. And on these allotments were these scarecrows. And, and I noticed, I thought to myself, how amazing is that? that? Those scarecrows are quite intimidating. But the amazing thing is, the birds right there have all kinds, there's all kinds of seed, if you like, scattered on the ground. And even though the seed was scattered on the ground, the scarecrows were so intimidating, the birds could never come and take the food. And I thought, they were so close, yet so far away. They couldn't reach it because something that actually wasn't intimidating appeared intimidating to them and stopped them really having all they could have. I think there are certain scarecrows that the devil puts before us that intimidate us and stop us from using the talents and the gifts and the abilities that God has given to us. Ask yourself this question. Why don't I use those gifts and those talents? Often the reason is, in some way, we feel some kind of intimidation that stops us from using those gifts and talents. There are scarecrows 
that although they appear so, inti- so intimidating, so real to us, the reality is they are totally false. And I want to look at five scarecrows that often can hold us back from using our gifts and our talents connected to this parable. Here's the first one. Our own seemingly littleness. I think when that guy was given that one talent, he must have thought, this is amazing, this is awesome, I've got one talent. Until he met the guy with five talents. <laughs> because when he met the guy with five talents, the one talent that seemed so amazing, now he seemed, he seemed so intimidated. He, he felt so overwhelmed that he only had one. How come? It, does it mean that God loved him less than this guy who had five? And suddenly that sense of someone having something more than he had made him feel intimidated by his own sense of littleness and smallness. And sometimes we find and we feel that what we have seems so small, so limited, compared to maybe you may see someone else and they seem to have amazing abilities and talents and sometimes you think, and and we often feel intimidated by our own littleness and smallness, if I can use that term. And here's the problem where we miss it. People try to compare themselves. The worst thing you can ever do, and the Bible says don't do it, is when you compare yourself to somebody else. Sometimes we feel better about ourselves because we seem to be aggressive more than somebody else, and that makes us feel better. But then there's others who seem to be going further on, and that makes us feel not so good about ourselves. And often we feel limited because we are constantly comparing ourselves to other people. We begin to reason out in our own minds that people are more capable than us. I think this, until we appreciate the one talent, we never really begin to sort of, we never really begin to use what we have because we don't appreciate the one talent we have. And so we can develop that, we can take risks with that. I want you to see how much God trusts you. You know how you can measure how much God trusts you? Because he's entrusted with you the Holy Spirit. How many think that's a powerful trust? Often people think, well, if I had ten talents, I could do something so amazing. And here's the truth. If we can't use one talent, the truth is we'll never use the ten talents. And I think so often we are frightened by our own feelings of insignificance And people quit. People don't use their abilities and talents because they feel so insignificant. Truth is, if we compare our gifts and our talents with other people, we never will be happy. As soon as you meet someone who's further on than you, it causes you to lose that sense and not to be blessed. You know what? I want to say something wonderful. And I found this to be so true, and you ought to praise him for it every day. God only gives you what you can handle. You know, it's good to say, Lord, I, th- I want to thank you that you didn't give me something more than I can handle. Maybe you can say, God, thank you that you didn't give me that promotion, because if I got that promotion, who knows, that could have caused me to have some sort of nervous breakdown or something. Thank you, Lord, that, that, that I never came into that situation because if I'd taken that situation, that could have really damaged my family. And I think we ought to thank God sometimes for realising what we can take and what we can't take. How many are glad about that? And he'll never give you something beyond 
what you can't handle. And here's what I'm really saying today. If we want to, to, to feel significance, then for, for true significance is found in fulfilling your assignments. And your assignment will be very different to my assignment. Everybody's got a different assignment that God gives to them. Now, here's the point. If we don't use that talent because we think it's small, we're overlooking the very thing which God wants to use to bring something incredibly awesome through your talent. Can you say amen? You think about this. Joseph had one talent. You know what it was? Interpret dreams. Now, that may have seemed pretty insignificant, What's the, you know, interpret dreams. Wow, man, you know, what, I, that is just not very significant. Interpret dreams. How many people have dreams that I can interpret kind of thing? And, it see, and, and every time he used it, he seemed to get himself into more trouble than he had before. Amen. But through that one talent of interpreting dreams, how many know he was taken from the prison to the throne? From the pit to the throne, basically. Because the one talent that he had, he used. And when he used that, he opened incredible doors of opportunity for him that he never believed could ever happen. Amen? And I think it's true of us. That one thing that God has given to our lives, sometimes we don't realize how significant that could be. See, I think everything is significant. It may not be visible, but it's valuable. Can you say amen? Everything that we have, every talent, every gift that you have, if we would release it, you don't know what that could lead to. You don't know how significant that can be. You don't know how kingdom could be changed just by using the gift, the talent that God has given to you. Can you say amen? Here's a second thing. Sometimes we, all, we always see unfavourable circumstances. Think about this. You know when a farmer sows into the ground? Can you imagine when he says, you know what, I'm not going to sow today, it's raining. If he waited till everything was perfect weather-wise, he'd never, he'd never do anything. Is that true? And sometimes, because we're looking for favourable circumstances, we all, the truth is, there will never be a favourable circumstance ever. There will always be some challenge. There will always be moments in our life that aren't favourable. And if you wait for a favourable thing, then you are going to wait for a long time. People say, you know what? I'm going to pray more. I'm going to really give myself to prayer when I have more time. I'm going to really start to serve when things begin to quiet down. I'm going to fulfil that dream when I have more money. I'm going to tempt that Simon God has put in my heart when I really have it all together. If I could just get another job, anything in my life would be different. I found this, there's no better time than right here and now, amen? And sometimes we can be waiting for a perfect condition, that everything's perfect. And we think that when everything's perfect, I'm going to do. You know what the truth is? Even when it's perfect, we probably wouldn't. Because we always find something else excuse of why we don't do it and I think the thing that holds many back is because they're waiting for everything in their life to come together to be right, to be perfect 
I only think you're going to wait a long time for that. I'm saying don't base everything on favourable circumstances. In fact, the truth is, I can think the times when, when God has most used me in many ways is when I've had most unfavourable circumstances. How many can identify to that? When everything seemed against it, amen? When everything seemed contrary to it. I don't think that's evidence that God wants you to do it or doesn't want you to do it. That's evidence that probably God does want you to do it. The Bible says that when the children of Israel got into the land, you know what was there? There were giants there. It wasn't favourable. But that didn't mean that God didn't tell them to go and take the land. Can you say amen? So don't wait for favourable circumstances. Here's the next thing. And you'll find this. Let's look at it in Matthew 5. This is, there's this mistrust for the Lord. Matthew, look at verse 24 there. He says, Then he who had received the one talent came and says, Lord, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you've not sown, gathered where you have not scattered seed. And he said, I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. It's the issue, really. The reason why this man didn't use his talent because he didn't really trust his master. He didn't really trust. And I think often, we can, when we don't really trust God, then it's going to hinder our ability to use our talents. Isn't it amazing? There's something true. We find it far easier to trust God for other people than we do for ourselves. We often are willing to trust all kinds of other things more than we're willing to trust God. You know, the leper that came to Jesus, he says, You know what? I know that you have ability. I know you have the ability to do it. If God didn't have the ability to do it, then he wouldn't be God. Is that true? So we can believe God's ability. But then the leper says, God, I know that you're able, but I really want to know today, are you what willing? And that's the big thing we struggle with. We don't struggle with God's ability. We struggle with God's willingness. And by the way, if you want to know the will of God, then look at Jesus. Because Jesus came and he manifested what the will of God was. He healed, he delivered, he set free. And he demonstrated the will of God. And how many times have you and I concluded that we can't trust the Lord? I think sometimes there's this feeling that whatever we do, sometimes we feel that people feel that they're never good enough. And often I think the one thing that people need more than anything else is a revelation of their acceptance of God. I think it's a big thing. The reason, pe- the reason why people don't really trust God is because they don't really believe that God's ever really fully accepted them. And because they don't really believe that they're fully accepted by God, they struggle with trust. It's a massive issue. People struggle trusting God. And you'll never really use your gifts and your talents until you fully, completely and utterly trust God. Now notice this. The problem with this man was he had a wrong perspective. He says, he says I, I know that you are a hard man. And often the reason why we don't trust God is because we have a distorted perspective and a wrong concept of God. I found this, that your perspective determines your outcome. You see, you get the information, 
but your wrong perspective will cause you to process it wrong. In other words, you never feel capable, you always feel inferior for the task that God has given to you because you see it from a perspective of your own inferiority. And so you filter it through. God says do this, he gives you the information, then through your filter you think, I'm inferior, I could never do that, I'm not good enough to do that. And so you filter out the information that God's given you to do. Amen? you see that? For example, let me give an example of this. The children of Israel. God said to them, I want you to go into the land. That was the information. Their perspective was this. We are just grasshoppers. And they filtered out what God had said to them because of their own sense of who they were, out of their own inferiority, out of seeing themselves as grasshoppers. They filtered that out and so they never fulfilled their assignment that God had given them to do. Because through the information, they filtered it through their wrong perspective of who God was and secondly, who they was. And often we do that. God will give us an assignment. God will, will reveal to us the talents and the abilities he has. And we begin to filter it through a wrong understanding of who God is and a wrong understanding of who we are. And it limits and holds us back from every fulfilling our ability and our talents and our gifting. Can you say amen? Sometimes it's just seeing God. You know what I found? If we would just get a revelation of the Father, heart of God. I think the more I understand of him being a father to me, the more I'm going to trust. The more I see how good he is, the more I see how generous he is, the more I see how kind he is, the more I see how much he loves me, how much he values me, it releases me to fulfill my assignment. It gives me confidence in the gifts and the abilities that he has poured into my heart. And here's what we're told he did. Because of, his, because of his wrong concept of God, because of his wrong concept of his master, because of his own inferiority concept, the Bible says, you know what he did? He took that talent and he hid it. But here's the second thing. He exposed his fear. See that? He hid the talent but exposed the fear. And I think there's something that we need to kind of reverse round. See, I found people who are victorious have the fear, but they hide the fear and expose the talents. And you never have breakthrough if you hide your talent and expose your fear. And if you begin to reverse the process of hiding your fear and exposing your talents, then something awesome is going to happen. Amen? I remember hearing the story of Elizabeth Elliot. Have many of you heard Elizabeth Elliot? She was the husband of a missionary called Jim Elliot, who many years who years before had actually gone to the Aqua Indians and had there had witnessed and he was martyred. On the, they, they martyred him. God, listen to this, God gave her the assignment to go back right where he was martyred. Everybody loved that assignment. And she said this, which struck me. She says, even though she knew God had told her to go, she says, I went in fear. And here's what she said that I thought was so powerful. Even though I felt afraid, I went anyway. And I found this sometimes. Sometimes you do things even though you feel fearful anyway. You still do it. You know, for example, when I go to prisons, 
You know, and you see all these intimidating guys looking at you. There's that sense that you feel a little bit intimidated. But I thought to myself, even though I feel a bit intimidated, I'll do it anyway. And the more that you have that approach to life, that even though I feel afraid, I'm going to do it anyway, you expose your talents and you bury your fear. If we allow our fear to control us, we're exposing our fear and we're hiding our talents. How many want to expose their talents and hide their fear? And the more you do that, the more your talents and your gifts and your abilities become released. Here's the next thing, almost finished. Don't focus on the problem of failure. You know, I found this, the reason why people don't use their gifts and their talents, is because they're afraid of failure. Sometimes we're afraid of failure before we even try. See, failure, that's, that, that, the fear of failure can freeze you. You try to witness to somebody, and they didn't listen to what you said, they rejected what you said, so you ne- think, well, I'm never going to witness again. You showed love to someone and they betrayed you so you pull back in your love. There are relationships failures. We fail an interview, we think, well, I'm never going to try that job again. You stepped out of something and the moment you stepped out for something, all kinds of opposition rose up and you think, that's it, I'm never going to step out like that again. And so that that fear of failure begins to hold us back. And often people never attempt anything in life because they feel such a failure in life. And out of that fear of failure, they're afraid to step out. How many know that every time you use your gift and your talent, sometimes it's always going to take a risk. And the fear of failure sometimes is worse than the failure itself. Do you know what? Some of the most successful people ever are those who failed the most. Do you realise that? Some of the most successful people aren't people who've never failed, they're people who've failed more than probably anybody else. Let me give you an example. You know Abraham Lincoln, for example? He, went to be pre- he tried to be president seven times. I only would think after three times, you think, well, this may not be the way. But he attempted it seven times. Kentucky, oh, that brings delight to my heart. Kentucky went bankrupt three times. And he actually didn't achieve his dream until he was 70 years of age. I'm only glad there's still hope for us, amen? <laughs> and you could go through person after person after person who actually did amazing things. They came through failure. Thomas Edison. They said to him, you've tried that thing 700 times and you failed. Why don't you give up? He said, you know what? Every single time I've tried it, it showed me that's another way that doesn't work. <laughs> what I'm saying is this, that that often failure is not final. In fact, failure can actually cause you to, 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 to allow God to mould you. It enables you to trust God more. It causes you to, to push more into God. How many realise that God's bigger than the failure? You can say, man. And failure is not final. It's only empowered if we quit and we walk away. That is the only time failure is successful when you walk away from it, when you quit, when you give up. That's the only time failure is successful. I love the Phillips translation of 2 Corinthians 4.9. I love this. It says, I may be knocked down. Anybody ever felt knocked down? He says, I may be knocked down, but I'm not knocked out. Amen. I love it. You know, I think of, you know, Amy was the most determined person or little girl I ever met in my life. And she said, I'm going to learn to ride my bike. I'm, going to learn to, I'm just going to learn to ride my bike. 
And she went out there for hours and hours and hours. Got on that bike, fell off it, got back up again, fell off it, and so forth and so forth. She came in with bruises and scratches, but she learned to ride the bike. Amen? And sometimes we're going to fall, we're going to mess up, we're going to miss it. And my, I suppose what I would say today is just rise up again. Don't allow your failure to freeze you. Don't allow your failure to cause you to quit and pull back. In fact, your failure could be your greatest opportunity to do something amazing. Can you say amen? You know what the Bible says? I think Proverbs says, the righteous, notice this, fall seven times. But the difference is, you know what they do? They get back up again. So even though you've got knocked down, the word says, just get back, get, get back up again. Get back up again. Get going. Get, get back up. Don't allow it to hold you down. The only failure is this, is when you don't get back up again. That's the only failure. Isn't that awesome? Only God, God's so gracious. But even though we fail, we mess up, we just get up again and we go for it. Amen? And so often that failure can hold people back and freeze them, can hold them back. But I tell you today, throw that off and get back up again and get going. Here's the last one. Here's a challenge, really. If you don't use it, you will, what? Lose it. Notice what he said. He said to them, take it from him and give it to somebody else. That's a challenge, isn't it? If often the truth is, if we won't let God use us, He'll always find somebody else to use. I think it's the, the story of Catherine Coleman. I always remember Catherine Coleman said, you know what? And she had an incredible healing ministry. She said, you know what? God had chosen five men, <laughs> which is typical, uh, and not one of them responded to the call. And the reason why God used her, because she simply said yes. She said, I'm not the most talented, the most unbelievable. All I simply did when God called me, I just simply said yes. Isn't that awesome? And I think there's something awesome in that. And that, if we don't use it, we begin to lose it in various ways. We lose the passion we once had for it. The time that we once gave for it. The desire that we once had for it. Just begins to, just begins to fade away from us. You know, the enthusiasm that we once had for it doesn't seem the same anymore. Because we're not using it, we use the passion for it, we lose the desire for it. And eventually, slowly, it begins to evaporate from our lives. If we don't use it, we will lose it. And here's the final thing. that When the master came, really, he only asked him one question. And here's the challenge of that question. What did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with what I gave you? That's the challenge, isn't it? I just think to myself, what a challenge for me. What have I done with the family God's given me? What have I done with the kids God has given me? What have I done with my wife God has given me? What have I done with the resources God has given me? What have God done with the strength God's given me? Because the truth is, he says, well done, good, and notice this, the word faithful servant. What the, how was he faithful? He was faithful with what the Lord had entrusted to him and he demonstrated his faithfulness by being productive with what God had given him to do. Let me close with this. You think about it. And I, know, I just kind of noticed, I thought, oh, amazing, I never noticed this before, but you know what the amazing thing was? The master never told them what to do with the talents. 
He gave them the talents and just went away. In other words, that the, that the person who used his talents, he used it, if you like, he did it by instinct. He instinctively knew that what he had, he needed to multiply news. He instinctively did that. And I think for you and I, God has given us gifts and talents and abilities. And what we need is to say, Holy Spirit, show me how I can use it. Begin to ask the Holy Spirit to show you how you can use what he's given to you. And if you ask the Holy Spirit to show you, instinctively, if I can use that term, he'll begin to direct you, he'll begin to lead you. Here's the truth. The gifts always make room for themselves. If you've got a gift, there will always be opportunity for you to use it every single time. The greatest blessings I ever had, really, was many, many years ago. A wonderful Christian lady, she was actually in a home, actually, and she had spina bifida, which meant she she kind of shook all the time. Her speech was very slurred. But she shunned Jesus, can you say amen? And everyone was saying to me, you know what? There's a lot of things I can't do. But the one thing I can do is pray. And she was the most amazing prayer warrior I ever saw. She'd have a whole list of things where she saw answers to prayer. She just, and I knew that when she was praying for me, I knew the difference. Because she had an incredible ability to go before the throne of heaven. Powerful. And she just used that talent, if you like, that she had. And pressed in with all her heart, with all her mind. Refused to let her own physical limitations to hold her back. Just as a spirit director and leader. And I think that's awesome. There's nothing you and I can't do to make something amazing. To change the kingdom. Can you say amen? Let's just stand, shall we? Let's come before him right now. Just, let's open our hearts to him right now. and Let's just pray right now. Just, tell what, just put your hand on your heart today. and Say today, God, I just want to give to you all the talents that you've poured into my life. Lord, I thank you. Lord, and just say, Lord, I know the main, in, naturally it might not seem insignificant, but Lord, I believe today that you can use these talents and these gifts and these abilities to bring kingdom impact, to make kingdom difference. Just reach your heart. I say, Lord, use it. Use it. I give it to you right now, God. Just use me for your glory. Use me for your kingdom purposes and your kingdom plan. I want to make a difference, God. I want to, I just offer to you everything that I have. No matter how limiting it seems, I really believe you can take even the one talent and change destiny and change and change even this island for your glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The Bible says, stir up the gifts within you. Maybe those gifts and talents that you have and they've kind of gone dormant in your life. Why don't you stir them up right now? Why don't you stir them up? Maybe there's various gifts, even spiritual gifts, prophecies, words of knowledge, you know, Gifts of healing, all those things that you know that the God stirred you and begin to say, Lord, stir up the gifts in me right now. Stir up those gifts. Stir up those abilities. Stir up those talents. Stir them up by the fire of God. That means we need the fire of God to empower the gifts that he's given to us. So stir up the gifts within you. Stir up those things, those abilities, those talents that God's put in. Say, Lord, stir them up inside me. I willingly ask you to use them. Father God, I want to thank you today that that, Lord, that we are partners with heaven. How awesome is that? Thank you, Lord, that, that, 
that you've, you've called us to cooperate, to work, to bring your, your, your kingdom purposes to this earth. And so today we come, we thank you for every gift, we thank you for every talent, we thank you for every resource, we thank you for everything of creativity that's in this building today, oh God. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you'd come and you'd release those gifts, that you'd release those talents, that you'd release those abilities, Lord, in ways that well, we never dreamed they would be used for, things that would seem so insignificant, Lord. I pray that you would do such incredible, amazing things to them, Lord, that incredible lives would be changed as we allow you to use these things. Lord, they're not ours anyway. We're just giving back to you what you've already given to us. And so, Lord, today we offer you everything we have, our resources, our abilities, our talents. And I pray today, God, that you would use them to bring maximum damage to the kingdom of darkness and to bring maximum impact for the kingdom of God. Because we give you all the praise and the glory. Amen. If you need healing this morning, again, well, I want to do this every, every time we get opportunity. But if you need healing and you need prayer for something this morning, we always want to give people opportunity uh, to receive prayer today. We never want to close a meeting where you've not had opportunity to pray, you've never had opportunity to receive prayer we want to do that today, so if you need prayer in any kind of way today, then we'd just love to pray for you, okay thanks much thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elim Church, for more downloads or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelim.co.uk 